Welcome back or welcome to the Dear Red podcast. You are here for another Bachelorette recap of this week's episode of episode number three. Now, if you're new to the Dear Red podcast, this is originally a advice podcast, an anonymous advice podcast where listeners can write in with any issues, conundrums, any topics they want to talk about that that they can't really talk to with the people in their lives or they just want a separate opinion, and that's me. So if you ever want to be included in on one of those episodes, which I always need, I always need the support with questions being sent in, and I need some for the episode this Friday, you can send them to dearredpodcast at gmail.com, and you can also follow along on the Instagram, um, dearredpodcast. And the Instagram's been so much fun when it comes to Bachelor content. I actually feel like that's where everyone's having the most fun. That's where I kind of get everyone's pulse on how everyone feels about different situations. And it's been a lot of fun because contestants are actually like watching and responding. And I feel like I'm getting some insight and I'm not going to say who because I'm not going to put them on blast necessarily. Like I said, this is an anonymous advice podcast. So I just want to prove a point that anyone who interacts with me, you're going to be kept secret and I'm going to be continued to go by red. But it's so much fun and I feel like you guys are having so much fun seeing what everyone else thinks because a lot of us watch this on our own or just with one other person or maybe with a couple friends, but everyone has such a different opinion. So it's really fun to see that over on Instagram. Now I know the last two recap episodes I started with Bachelor Nation, like drama and news, but I don't think I'm going to do that anymore because these recap episodes get so long and I feel like that's the meat of it. That's why we're here. I feel like everyone can find out about Bachelor Drama just by by Googling it. And if you want me to continue to do that, let me know. But it just doesn't really seem necessary. And it just kind of feels like it's taking away from the recap. So we're not going to do that this episode. But if this is your first time listening to one of the recap episodes here um, on Dear Red, there are two disclaimers I like to put out there every single time. I'm going to try and do these really quick so we don't waste too much time on them. The first of all, the first one is that this is a spoiler-free zone. Do not message me any spoilers. Do not leave spoilers in the comments. Don't do any of that. If you've got tea you want to send to me, let me know what it is. I would love to know, but just don't send me anything that's going to give away. This season, I'm really trying to avoid spoilers, and I feel like they pop up everywhere, and I'm just like bobbin and weaving all the spoilers and everywhere on the internet there's spoilers I just I google their names and they pop up and I was like no no I don't want it second thing that I like to put that out there every episode is that this is a positive space and we're going to keep this a positive space and we are talking about real people and sure we're making judgments about people and they're pretty strong opinions and strong judgments and It's hard sometimes because you want to have fun and that's the point of the show is for our entertainment for us to talk about it. But we just want to always try and keep it cute, keep it right, keep it tight. Don't get too carried away with it. And and everything that we're saying is based off of really edited clips. So my strong opinions are based off of very small interactions and then whatever I've experienced in my life and we sandwich those together, we make a cocktail out of those. And that's what I, that's, those are my opinions. So just remember that we want to keep this a positive space always on, on every episode, just in anything in life. Dear Red Podcast is a positive space. There was two weeks that 
I was not doing a um, Dear Red Advice episode, but one went up last Friday. And so if you haven't listened to it, make sure to go listen to that. I, I think it's a pretty good one. We talked about, what was that one about? I feel like it, it goes so fast. We've talked about so many things on those episodes. Oh, we talked about money and relationships, more like money and dating, like in early stages of dating. And the listener was a girl and she makes more money than the guy she's seeing. So that was an interesting topic. And then we also talked about like the weird dynamics of still being friends with your ex's sister and how it could make your current partner uncomfortable. So we talk about those things. If you're interested to hear more, go listen to that. All right, so we get into this episode and it's pretty much just left off from the previous week with all the Carl drama and the rose ceremony and it's just a lot of fighting like right out the gate which was a lot and everyone's freaking out and something that was kind of funny throughout this entire episode is Justin's faces. Justin makes the most hilarious faces. I really want someone to make a compilation of all of the faces that he makes. He just cannot hide it and I love it. Um, but so we start out with Justin's faces and Trace like really freaking out. I feel like this is the first episode we're really seeing how like fiery Trey can get. He's such like a he seems like such a happy, bubbly guy, and he probably still is, but that's, he just gets he gets really fired up. So Katie comes in and lets the guys know that there is not going to be a cocktail party. She's canceling the rest of the cocktail party, and they're just going to go straight into the rose ceremony, which I kind of feel like was the right thing to do. There was It was just going to get messier, and I'm, I'm sure she like heard all the guys fighting, but of course, of course, <laughs> Greg you know, went out to go talk to her after she told everyone that there wasn't going to be a a rose ceremony. But whenever this happens, I always think that producers for sure send in these people because we've heard from people who have been on the show before. It's a lot of like being told to go win. It's sure you can get up and do it yourself. But even like in Claire's season, when that whole thing happened with Claire and Yosef, was it? That guy who was just horrible was saying all those things about her age and all of that. I don't know if you guys remember that. Claire's season was a brief season. But, you know, Dale just happened to swoop in, not even fully understanding what was going on. And I'm sure it's because the producers grabbed him and sent him over there. Like, there, a lot of the things we're seeing are constructed. But anyways, Greg went over there and he just, you know, went to go check on her and it meant a lot to her. If you haven't listened to my previous recaps. I've got a lot of thoughts on Greg. I don't have many thoughts after this season, after this episode. He wasn't really in it all that much, which is, which is good. We can form stronger opinions on other people and I for sure did. But all the guys are yelling at Carl and Carl's just really sticking to it. And I can't help but feel like, and I am not like a big fan of Carl's and I didn't like him the last few episodes and I'm still not like a fan of Carl's. But I can't help but feel like this guy got wrapped up in all of this and like he he almost I feel like there are certain people who go on this show and can be easily affected by the atmosphere and the producers and everything and they kind of get wrapped up in it and they don't realize it and then there's some people who who don't don't so much but those people who easily can get 
wrapped in it, I think the producers can smell them out right away. So they definitely go for them and they definitely push them to do these things for the drama, for the villain. And I kind of feel like Carl might have been like talking to a producer and just saying like, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there's guys here who aren't here for the right reasons. I'm sure like there's lots of guys that aren't here for the right reasons. And then they're probably like, you should tell Katie that because Katie wants to know that. And Carl probably didn't have like an, an exact example. He probably just was like, and I don't, and the other thing is, is the way he handled it with Katie last episode was not the right way. I really didn't like that whole manipulation tactic, but I think he panicked. I think he realized, oh, like I really don't have any ground to stand on here. And he didn't know what to do, but he also didn't like think he was not right. Like, I think he knew just like based on facts that there are people here just like every season, just like always that aren't here for the right reasons. He wasn't saying there is someone in particular. He was just saying, I, I feel like there probably is. So that could have been the thing. And, and once you get to that point where he was at, there was no way he could have like backed down and said, like, I didn't, I didn't know. He had to either give a name or get out. And that's kind of unfortunate for him. I feel like I really started to feel for him. I don't know. He's a human. And the guys were just really digging into him. And then we have the rose ceremony. And it was the weirdest thing. I don't know what you guys thought. But when Mike went up, Mike, our virgin, for those of you who are trying to remember who everyone's names are. When he got up to get his rose from Katie and he did that little speech where he was saying that you know, as a unit, they feel the responsibility to protect her heart. They always call her queen too, which was, a little, I don't know where that came from. Through, I don't know if you guys picked up on that. It's kind of weird. I don't know. But yeah, the guys came together in solidarity and decided that what Carl said wasn't the truth. And as a unit, you know, that was something they felt like she needed to hear. And Katie's face looked like so thrown off guarded, so shook. And all I can think about is why was Mike the one to get sent up there? Or did Mike just do this? Like, did the other guys know that Mike was going to do this? I don't know. I like kind of felt bad for Carl Carl in that moment. And I don't blame her. She went to go talk to Tasha and Caitlin because I'd be kind of thrown off guard too. And she was she actually said she was originally going to keep Carl that night. And what I loved that Caitlin um I don't know if it's Caitlin and Tisha, but one of them said, because Katie was explaining to Tasha and Caitlin that the guys just did this thing where they all said they want him to go. And I love that they were like, well, it's a great thing that this is all your decision, not theirs. Because that is a little weird, like, if you think about it, like, maybe trust her to make these decisions. I don't know. But she ended up sending Carl home, which I also thought was interesting because if you think about it, like, we saw in Matt James's season is sometimes the villain like having a villain can show people's true colors like you it's kind of a way to see how people react when the pressure is put on or when there's tension or when there's hard situations or drama like how does everyone act true colors can kind of show and that's not always a situation you're gonna see and I used to, and I still, I, I do love when the leads just send the drama home because I really am someone who watches the show for the love, believe it or not. But sometimes keeping the villain sometimes can, just even for like one more episode or two, not for too long. Like Victoria last season, I felt like that went on forever. 
but and she and she was another level of villain but just having conflict um i feel like can really show people's true colors and it can be kind of a good test for katie but it seems like there's multiple villains this season and they and they keep coming so we didn't really need carl to stick around to necessarily do this but god it was so awkward and like it kind of made me sad but i don't know if i was supposed to feel sad or what but just when when we realized that the people who were getting sent home, you know, it's always say your final goodbyes and everyone's hugging and loving each other. And just Carl was just kind of standing there staring at everyone. And I think in that moment, he realized that he fell for like a trap or he was just like, I think it was hitting, hitting him. What, <laughs> what had just happened and the reality of it all was sinking in and no one was saying bye to him, but he doesn't even say bye to Katie, which was a little weird. And he just like walked out. I don't think we've ever seen that. Maybe we have, but it was, it was weird for sure. And I'm interested to hear what Carl has to say because here's the thing. On my Instagram poll, I in one of the questions for last week's episode, I asked you guys, do you believe there's any truth to what Carl was saying or is he just stirring the pot? And most everyone said stirring the pot. But what I thought was interesting was that a contestant who is still on the show said he was onto something. And so I don't know if he was saying he's onto something as in Thomas, that we, you know, the new villain of this episode, or if there's even more stuff that we're about to find out. But I trust, I trust the person who voted on my poll. He's one of my favorites. So I thought that that was interesting. Just to, just maybe looking back at it, we might think a little bit differently. And just same with Cody. Cody, who got sent home last week, we might look back at the end of this and look at all this differently. So I'm interested to see how this all plays out. So then we get our first group date of this episode, and it's with good old Nick Vial. Vial? 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 I never know how to say the last name, poor guy. But it's all about past relationships. They pretty much They pretty much walk into this dark room and they're all sitting in a circle with lights flashing down on them and it was a very dramatic scene that was being set um but he but nick was kind of talking about being the lead it's one of their biggest fears that you're going to meet someone and fall in love with them and not know everything about them because this is a very expedited situation and of course you're going to put your best foot forward you're not going to want to lead with the things you're not so proud of. So this was kind of a genius date. I love dates like this. It ended up being a really great date. Um, So they were pretty much tasked to share with Katie things that they are not proud of, whether it was leading women on, ghosting, cheating, someone trying to be the next Bachelor, which was interesting that Nick threw that out there. I was wondering if he kind of set that one up. I don't know. But we start off with Hunter. We start strong with Hunter, which after this episode, I love Hunter. I'm so curious to see what everyone thinks about Hunter after this episode. I feel like we we are only seeing certain parts of his conversations with Katie and he's being more shown like with the rest of the men. So it's hard to tell how Katie kind of connects with him and feels about him. But he shared a story about how he got married to the love of his life, you know, had a daughter. And then by the time he had his son... His second kid, he was working too much and he was so focused on work because he was wanting to give his kids like a better life, but he was so focused on that that they ended up 
he ended up screwing it up and they got a divorce but and he was really emotional talking about it and I actually saw on a post that Hunter posted on Instagram that Hunter was talking about how he's like been sober and on the night of night one he it was like his 15th anniversary of being sober which is huge and I wonder if that had part of the story like that was part of the story as well but they just kept that out or maybe that was a conversation that they had that we just hadn't heard which is too bad I wish they would have kept that in there because that's huge that's a really big that's a big deal and that's a that's that's a lot about someone's life but he was saying that because of what he saw that happen because of his actions he now cherishes it so much more and he he knows what it's going to take and he knows where things can go wrong and it was just it was such a great moment because that's what I always say on the podcast is like if I don't think you are your past like I don't think as long as you can like own up to it and use it as something like use it as a positive now and learn from it and so if and it it really sounds like Hunter's learned from it and Hunter's one of the older guys too so it wasn't like this was just yesterday and it was interesting throughout this date I was really watching Aaron and Aaron was really watching it's like he was he's very acutely aware of everyone and their reactions like he would be listening to someone speak and then look over at Katie to see how Katie was reacting and then look over to the rest of the guys, see how all the rest of the guys were taking it in. So he was always, he was definitely like reading the room, reading the situation at all times. That was really interesting to see. He didn't really share anything. I mean, well, he did share about how his dad had a stroke, which, I mean, I'm sure there's more there. But we didn't hear a lot about it because the main focus of this date, I feel like, well, not the main focus, but the drama kind of starts at this date with Thomas because it was weird, you guys. It was it was very strange. He just came out swinging, pretty much saying that he couldn't tell her that before he was he showed up here that he was showing up for the right reasons because he didn't know who Katie was. And, you know, the worst case scenario was that it didn't work out, but he could still build a platform from it. And that was his intention. But now, you know, he's so happy that he did it because he has feelings for her. And that's the honest truth. I was freaking out, you guys, because there's so many layers to this. Like, he is the first person to do this ever, I feel like. And I can't help but wonder if if he is, like, building a structure for a new bachelor character, bachelorette character. You know, there's the virgin, there's the one who can't commit. There's like these people who are on every season. But is is there going to be someone who owns up to the fact they're not there for the right reasons now? I don't know. Because he finally did it. And I think everyone was kind of freaking out a little bit. And he, but then he was just going on and on and on about, I'm, I'm open. I'll tell you everything I've done wrong. I've led people on. He was even saying he went on a date the week before he left. And I was just like, what is going on? I just, I was trying to process so much of it, but he wasn't blinking. And to me, that was a little weird, but he wasn't blinking. He was so intense. And Aaron, who's, you know, very closely watching all this, he did not understand what Thomas was doing. I think all the guys were trying to be like, what is going out here? How is Katie taking this in? What is happening? But he was like, you compliment her and then you 
run over all the things that everyone's there to do all the important things and like that didn't sit right with him and I don't think it sat right with a lot of us and he just kept like preaching and going on and on about having no expectations and it's almost like he had this plan like this speech planned out and this is exactly from my first recap this is what I said about Thomas I said Thomas seems like someone who knows what to say when to say it how to say it when the cameras are on I said that from night one and I I think I'm right <laughs> and I think that's what everyone was talking about this episode all the guys it's like everything seems rehearsed everything is too perfect and like literally you know everyone else in this group date is giving um, like emotions and specific examples like stories everyone's telling stories and they're crying and he's just sitting there smiling you know ear to ear it just was a little bit tone deaf and maybe he should have read the room a little bit like Aaron was doing. Now we're obviously going to talk about this more later on in this recap because it's pretty much this whole episode so it was Connor's turn to share and he was really building it up and I understand why he pretty much was saying that he when he was 24 or 25 and he dropped out of grad school and he was working as a musician full-time at a piano bar which is just so on brand for him um, but he drank for free, so drink, like drinking really consumed him. And over time, he just became more of an angry drunk, and he would get blackout drunk, and it was really ruining his relationships because he would just be so cruel. cruel. And I guess one night, he got drunk and picked a fight with his girlfriend, and then he got drunk and he got high, and he went and he cheated on her, and it blew up his whole life just like that. And he carried a lot of guilt because of it, and... But he owned up to the fact that he cheated. And I think, well, I do have, I have an episode called Once a Cheater, Always a Cheater. And it's one of the earlier episodes on the podcast. But we kind of go over this whole thing is if once it is, if someone cheats, are they always a cheater? And I don't think that Connor is. And I think, I mean, he was so remorseful, remorseful, I cannot speak, he was so remorseful and you could just tell you could just tell that he had learned from his mistakes he has grown since then he is aware of how he hurt people and it didn't make him feel good so i feel like he showed enough remorse and i feel like Katie saw that and she appreciated him being open like opening up and being honest and then he is taking it seriously and i agree with Katie i think if someone can be honest it's 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 much better. Like you want someone to be honest with you so you can learn fully who they are. But then what we didn't see coming necessarily was that Katie was then going to share a story with the guys and open up to the guys. And um, she she said that it was something that nobody really knew, not even her mom, which I'm sure was a really big deal for her and was probably really scary leading up to it. She said she felt a lot better afterwards, but you know, she was saying that people really see her in a sex positive light and she's confident, but she hadn't always been that way. And I think it was like a decade ago on New Year's Eve, she was drinking and she said she got involved in a situation where there wasn't consent. And she was in denial when it happened. And she even tried to form a relationship with the person because she didn't want to believe that that had happened. And I think we've we hear often in these situations that that can that can happen and it just makes everything more confusing and makes it harder to 
like it's more of a reason for people to not believe what the person's saying because it's like well why would you want to be in a relationship with them which is just not the case it is not that simple it is a very complicated situation and she said that for years after she had a very unhealthy relationship with sex she didn't want to have it she didn't want to talk about it and it took her a really long time to be where she is today and I think that really shows how Katie's just such a deep person she is not a surface level simple person she's been through so much I feel like every episode we learn like a new layer about her that just makes her so real and just so deep and rich like just rich with like wisdom and just life because she's been through so much and a lot of the things she's been through are not seen through a positive light I mean this situation definitely not being grown up maybe poor is not seen as a great thing and and her dad passing away not a great thing none of these are great things but it's 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 really given her so much depth and I feel like we haven't had a bachelorette that we know of that had this kind of depth I'm sure and that's the thing I'm sure there's been bachelors who have been through these things but no one's talked about it and we the franchise hasn't fully talked about it and there's been things that have happened on the franchise in bachelor in paradise things sexual misconduct has happened and so it's it's good that the show's talking about it because it's happened on their time and so they need to give a voice to it and and katie was the perfect person to do that and she just was talking about how important consent is and communication is and like all i could think about was this is why i love reality tv and i and i wish people who hate on reality tv would would get this part of it because it is so great and it's an op- opportunity to have very important conversations that others might not have ever seen or heard or anything and they're real it's not actors acting these are real people who have gone through this who are talking about it and that's where the magic is and this is why I love this show is when moments like this happen because other dating shows I feel like we don't get this but when we can get these real moments these real conversations I want more of them and I feel like we are getting a lot of them already with Katie's season and I'm hyped about it I love it and I just hope that they continue to do more of this and I mean it's not it's not light-hearted and fun But at the same time, this isn't too hot to handle. Like, the show, Too Hot to Handle. If we wanted to watch Too Hot to Handle, we'd watch that. This is a little bit different of a show. So I like that it's a little bit deep. And these are hard conversations. And they need to be had. So this is why I love reality TV. This is just, like, a perfect example. And same with the other conversation we had about Greg's dad, her dad, the conversation later with um, Michael. Just all of these. That's what makes reality TV so good. I'm a fan, you guys. (laughs) But I just think she said some really important things about how important it is not to guilt trip someone into, you know, that they're not having enough sex with them or sex with them at all. And she said that for a long time, she felt really responsible for being too drunk or too irresponsible or too stupid. And, and, but she, she knows now that how important consent is and she did not give it that night. And I think it's so important for her to say that because I think so many girls have been in those situations and they might not even recognize that it wasn't consensual because it's it's just like ingrained into like women being nice and being unproblematic 
in situations and just going along with it because you don't want to make anyone upset. It's kind of ingrained in our society and our culture. And I think it was, it was important for her to say it. And I'm so glad she did. So thank you, Katie. And they kind of flashed to the house and there was, it was Andrew, the district attorney from California, who I love him. I want to see more of him. I don't know why we aren't. He's very handsome. He grows on me every episode. But Andrew, um, Michael, who is going to have the one-on-one date in a little bit, and um, Mike. And they were just, like, sitting out, and they are talking about how important communication is in a relationship. And Michael starts telling him, telling these guys that he really felt the weight on his shoulder being a single dad, that he's been, you know, he's been holding back from Katie. And then we learn that he was with his ex-wife, or his wife. He always called her his wife, which was so sweet, in of 16 years and seven months after because we know that Michael is a dad but we find out that seven months after she gave birth she was diagnosed with breast cancer and she passed away two years ago and they had a small child and here are these three guys just talking about life and the shit that life deals you and just I don't know it was such a real moment and I loved it and I I liked in a way, usually they, like, with like, Greg's dad, we had to wait till the, the night episode to hear about that. But I kind of liked that they we learned about it before because it, it helped us understand him a little bit more. And he said he was doing this, you know, to look at a future for him and his son. And he wouldn't probably do this back at home. He hasn't really given much time to himself. And his entire life, he said he only told one girl he loves her and that's you know Laura his wife oh you guys I love Michael and I said episode one I love this man protect this man at all costs what is this man doing on this show I'm so thankful that he is on this show oh again we'll get into more of that later but that was just like a look we got to know we kind of set the scene for his date later but I loved it I love him (laughs) So then we get to the night portion of the group date and she has like a moment with Connor and I've always liked Connor for Katie and I liked Katie for Connor, but I feel like there's something like I feel like she keeps pulling away from him when he's kissing her and I almost feel like he's so aggressive when he kisses her like he's so passionate. It's like overwhelming for Katie. It's like we like where is like it just is there's no buildup. It's just like we're kissing and it's a lot. But Connor said that Katie has a way of seeing people and he had never felt seen like that before, which I can really see. And I think a lot of the guys feel that way. But tell me if you guys know what I mean about Connor. Like, I love Connor. And maybe it's because she's really infatuated with some men right now and getting wrapped in all these beautiful men that are around her. Because I think she started out strong really liking Connor. And I feel like she still does, but maybe she's just figuring out everyone else. I don't know. I... I really thought Connor might be the one at the end of this, but I'm not sure anymore. So I'm excited to hear what you guys think about Connor this episode. But then we get Thomas. <laughs> and my favorite thing about this conversation with Thomas is the way that Katie handled it. Straight away, she she called him out. She said, you said there was a list of red flags and that you're happy to discuss them. So the floor is all yours. Let's hear about it. And we're not in a group setting now. So I'm curious. And I want you to share it. 
Thank goodness, because he didn't say anything of value earlier, and everyone else did. And he kind of reiterated again, which I feel like at some point this would just get offensive, but he just was really driving this point home, was that he wanted her to know that in getting onto the show, he didn't ask for her, which, like, isn't that kind of offensive? Like, I get he's really trying to prove a point, but, like, it's we get it it's a little rude and I want to know who did he ask for then or who did he think it was then I'm so curious because he applied for the show so who who what was his what was his motivation like what was his reasoning for it then he must have thought there was someone else but she's straight up said and this is my fucking girl I love Katie she said I feel like you're dodging a question and she wanted to hear them and know them and understand them like yes 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 Katie don't let him sneak by this is what he does and he he literally then he he I can't take this guy he literally was saying you can ask me anything I'm an open book and Katie was like well I don't even know what I'm supposed to ask you I just feel like I've literally had this conversation before so I was just so proud of Katie because it's just like I, I I'm sorry but I don't feel like it shouldn't be that hard to talk about like, why are you dodging it? That's the big fat red flag is his is the way he's acting. He might not even have anything that crazy to hide, but he's making it seem more suspicious than it, than it might actually even be. And think about it. What could be worse than alcoholism, cheating, divorce? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but the guy said some pretty tough things earlier, so... Unless you've literally killed someone, I don't know why you're acting like this. And he was just trying to distract by talking about how he feels. And I'm like, dude, it's it hasn't been this long. And I get, I mean, I've, I've developed feelings very quickly for people before. So I understand it's possible. But he, this fucker even goes, I'm sorry. I just get a little fired up with Thomas. He said, I'm not going to say the L word, but it's developing there. And Katie was just like, that to be determined. And then she gets up like she's done with the conversation, which was good. It made me happy because I feel like it could be so easy to just slurp up everything. That's disgusting to eat up everything that Thomas is saying. And I hate when I'm watching the show and screaming at the TV, like, like trying to shake the bachelorette being like, see this clearly, see it do you like what what but I'm now I'm screaming at the tv again with like that Meryl Streep meme like I was last week for Mike when he was talking about being a virgin I'm just like cheering her on yes Katie but then Aaron out of all people which I'm not that surprised but he just kind of kept the theme going from last week he told the guys that he gets a, a feeling that something's not right with Thomas but he okay this I don't know if you guys caught this but he said he can't imagine Katie being Thomas's type. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, I get, if you look at those two on paper, they come from two different types of worlds, it seems like. Thomas is very, he's, he's a real estate agent, San Diego, you know, very aware of his appearance, whatever. And Katie's just like a homegirl who goes camping and doesn't really care about what she looks like. And, you know, like, so I, maybe that's what he was talking about is like, they are just so different, but I wonder if 
they've like talked about who in Bachelor Nation they find attractive and the people had was not at all like Katie from what Thomas said. I don't know. Or maybe he was or maybe Aaron was just throwing that out there. Maybe Aaron is really this pot stirrer. But they all kind of agree that it's too drastic of a change in mindset to go from coming on for a platform to suddenly being here for Katie, especially when you weren't even interested in Katie. What I liked is that Connor was saying that it would be hard hard to think that Katie couldn't see through that, which I like because it's kind of showing like she should make her own decisions. She's grown, she can make her own decisions and character judgment judgments. And I think Katie does. So I wish sometimes that the men would just let Katie figure it out on her own because I think she was when he was dodging all those questions and being a politician. But after Katie just got up and kind of ended the conversation with Thomas, you could tell he was like not used to that. I don't know, like I feel like normally what he does works with women and he can get around getting deep or get around having serious conversations about his actual faults he was just like nervous and like my whole thing is that like say that tell her that and be real and tell her that you want to be able to like when she's really pressing you for these things just be like I I'm really nervous about opening up I I haven't done this often and I want to and like just I don't even know just be more real about it and be like I feel like kind of frazzled right now and but I want to tell you soon and I'm going to tell you soon and I mean like just even say something like that I feel like she would appreciate it that one way more I feel like the guys would appreciate it that way more but I feel like that would have been defeat I feel like he is someone who needs to hold the power in conversations and in interactions and he was rattled because Katie was holding the power and he didn't know what to do and of course, being vulnerable is, you know, relinquishing control and power. So I don't think that's something he can easily do. But I think in a way, he almost took him being rattled as like something more like that must mean I really like her. I could see that. I could see that weird thought process in a way, like being like, oh, a girl's never, never made me feel this way. Usually I can I can keep myself composed. Usually I know exactly what to say about for some reason. I don't know what to say with her. I must, I must, I must be falling for her. Uh, I don't know. Just because she wasn't falling for your BS and deflecting tactics. And like I said, I probably, it probably always works for him. That guy's ego is out of control. He cannot leave his ego at the door for a second. Even when he's being vulnerable and trying to be real it's like his ego is still like sitting there on his shoulder. And of course, of course, he goes to steal Katie again, our first steal of the season. And you can really tell that the guys really respect each other and they almost probably made like a pact that they weren't going to um, steal her or they would just always make sure everyone got time. I kind of get that vibe because they were so pissed when he stole time. And usually we get like guys stealing time in the first episode and we haven't gotten it yet. So I kind of get that vibe. And of course, who is the person that Thomas goes to steal Katie from? Aaron. I almost feel like that was a producer plant as well because they knew that Aaron was already like suspicious of Thomas and not a fan. So 
Might as well push him over the edge and send him in when he's talking to Katie. <laughs> and I just had a sliver of hope that this guy was just going to be like, hey, I'm sorry, I'm frazzled. I'm not, I, I honestly have never had to do this before, so I'm not fully sure how to talk about these things. I had a sliver of hope for Thomas, but no, no. Of course, he just goes on and on about this rehearsed thing about fear and love and how they're rooted in the same concept. I don't know. But he took that as it being like a special thing to feel fear again. And he's never felt that way. And here's the thing. I don't know if I believe Thomas or not because I feel like he he could actually like Katie. I feel like he could actually like Katie. I, I don't necessarily doubt the fact that he likes Katie, but I just doubt, I just feel like he as a personality is not someone who's very open and genuine. He's used to probably, you know, putting on a character, performing. That's a lot of, a lot of real estate is schmoozing and doing all that, which there's nothing wrong with that, but it's almost like it's become who he is as a whole. And so he could genuinely like Katie, like, and he, but he could also be getting wrapped up in the the fantasy of it all and if this guy is really saying all these things and isn't even slightly attracted to her that would actually be psychopathic shit like actually <laughs> but it's to to be determined i don't i don't i don't like him i'm not saying i like him but i'm also just i just i feel like we can so easily view someone or like our views can be formed based off of the way that the show is being told right and based off of what all these other guys are saying he could for all we know he could have feelings for her i don't think he's in love with her but maybe in his mind because he's like i said he's always held the power he's always held the power he's always been this guy who can schmooze anyone he wants and he can't just schmooze katie so that makes him more interested in her i totally believe in that i believe that guys are more interested sometimes in girls or whoever, or same with the other way around, girls are more interested guys both ways. Some people are more like interested when they, when it's like a chase or when they, when they feel challenged and that they might get the, that feeling of a challenge mixed up with like, I've never felt this way before. This must be love type of a thing. I don't know. Now, sadly, Katie eats it up and I don't know. <sighs> I don't know if Katie actually was eating it up or she just like didn't want to push anymore, but she eats it up. But I'm just like hoping that she doesn't fully like forget his red flags and the way that he just dodged the questions and kind of put it back onto her. But then Thomas, you know, waltz back over to the men, just smiling ear to ear. And Aaron pretty much confronts him right then and there. And he called him out. He was like, so you're basically saying that your time was worth more than mine. And Thomas all of a sudden gets pretty hyped up out of nowhere and says, yeah, I do think so. Okay. But then what was weird was that Thomas was telling the guys that he told Katie he was falling in love with her, which he did not do. Aaron straight up says he thinks he's full of shit and... I feel like Aaron's kind of coming on a bit aggressive, but I feel like that might just be like Aaron's personality a little bit. 
and thank God Connor B got the rose. I almost feel like she did that. She gave the the group date rose to Connor B almost to show Thomas how much she appreciates honesty and facing it head on and like saying the most unflattering things about yourself and she will still accept you and almost being like you think you did something there but you didn't like I still see you I still see you Thomas (laughs) I like to hope I like to hope that was her intention but this is what I thought this is where my thing with Aaron starts to come up because Aaron then just gets gets so hyped up and tells Thomas let's pretend we don't know each other I'd prefer that and that just reminds me of the drama with Cody because maybe maybe Aaron said that to Cody like dude I don't like you let's just pretend we don't know each other like I would prefer that and then they go on the show and then all of a sudden Aaron's talking shit and he's like I thought you wanted to act like we didn't know each other so I'm wondering if that might be what could have happened with Cody I don't know I just feel like this guy has a short fuse and the words that Aaron is using to explain Thomas are the like exact same words he was using with Cody just like disgusting repulsive all these things, which are very big, big, big dramatic words. And I like Aaron, like I like him, but I just can't help but feel like we maybe saw the wrong side of the story with Cody. And maybe Aaron is, this is just like a personality trait of Aaron, just to like be so passionate about his thoughts and his opinions about people and He might be so passionate about standing up for what's right in his mind, which doesn't always mean what is right, period. There's, you know, there's three sides to every story, yours, mine, and the truth. But I don't know, like, and he's kind of young. I think he's only like 26. I mean, granted, I'm 25, but but he gives me that younger energy because when you're younger, I just feel like guys my age and around my age act like this a little bit more and they're very dramatic (laughs) and very like reactive I feel like reactive is the right word versus like the older guys that are in the room they just kind of sit back and they ask very important questions they're speaking less but with more intent but I but I like Aaron and I appreciate that he is so passionate about it but it makes me wonder if it really is the person that he's mad at or that's also just his personality but other people haven't come across that so they get wrapped up in it and they think oh my god this guy is so upset he was so hurt by this guy that by Thomas that he's this upset and this angry like he must have done something bad and it's like out of all the confrontations and issues we've seen on this show in the past sure Thomas like rubs you the wrong way and said that he thinks his time is more valuable, but there's been way worse on this show. Like that is not the most intense thing. I almost feel like Aaron's energy is just like ramping it up big time, which is great for the show. But but Connor, of course, sweet, sweet Connor, tells Thomas, telling her you love, it, you love her is toying with her emotions and making a mockery of it, which I thought was mwah, chef's kiss, best way to say it. But then the truth comes out and Thomas says, I didn't tell her I love her. I told her I can't have fear without love. And it's like, wait, how how do you mix those two things up? And later on, all the guys towards the end, it it was kind of like, you're flip-flopping stories. You're telling one thing to us, one thing to another, almost like you're telling the story that is going to best serve you in that situation that you're in. I don't know. But let's put the drama aside for a second and talk about Michael's 
one-on-one. He was so nervous. He had all these emotions, which we know why, because of being a widower. And I feel like the the date was really great because the one-on-one date was a fun one-on-one date. It wasn't just like sitting and talking and like that way I feel like it'd be really easy for her to feel his nervous energy but because they were just like out four-wheeling or dune bugging I don't really know never done it looked like fun I just feel like they could just yell and scream and have fun and like let loose which probably felt physically like amazing for him but after they you know had their fun they were just sitting talking and he was just saying that there's really something very comforting and familiar with her which that feeling is a very wonderful feeling when you feel it with someone. He told her, which I really appreciated this, he said he will leave if he doesn't see it. And and I personally believe him wholeheartedly. I believe that if he if he doesn't see it, he's not going to waste time away from his child. And I don't know, it gives me like Jason Mesnick vibes a little bit. Just a little bit. I mean, they don't look the same or anything like that. He said he was he felt like he was being selfish by going there but he knows that his son deserves a happy dad I just love Michael I love Michael and he had all these great little nuggets of things that he was saying he said that you know this ends in an engagement but in reality it begins in an engagement and she loved that and he is the oldest so he has a lot of life experience and wisdom and like things to pull from and I love that and I feel like because Katie has been through so much in her life she is already an older bachelorette, which is so crazy to say because she's only 30, but compared to the 24-year-old Hannah Browns of the franchise, she I guess she's considered a little bit older. So, But he's, I think he's almost 40. I think he's like 38 or something like that. I should probably double check. But, so there's still like quite a few years between them, but because she's been through much, through, through so much, I feel like that kind of adds to her life experience and maturity and so they kind of even out even though he's been through something so traumatic which we you know hear more about and then later on in the evening he kind of starts to open up and I almost feel like Katie started to know what was coming I don't know I just feel like she she saw it coming in a way and he starts talking about his wife and her diagnosis that we had learned about earlier and he was just talking so highly of his of his wife and he still calls her his wife because it wasn't a choice to there was no divorce so i guess at that point that person could still be con, you know be considered your wife and i think it's a great way of honoring her and honoring your marriage but you know he was really getting choked up and she was getting choked up when he was talking about her hair falling out because of chemo and and it's still really real for him and they they tra- they traveled the country trying trying to find a cure for her and they never gave up hope but then in 2019 she passed away and that's really recent i mean it's not and you have to you know pick your life up and move on and that's what she probably would have wanted too but that's still th- these emotions are still really raw and real and he he talked about how she was in a room full of people she loved on that day and he was just happy she wasn't in pain anymore and I was so emotional watching it and it's hard not to be emotional now just talking about it because he like it's life and these things happen he's such a positive person and he just seem he seems so like innocent in a way 
like before we knew this about him, I like said I wanted to protect him at all costs because he felt innocent, but it's not, he's not, he's seen some shit. Like he's been through some stuff, but yet he still has this like hopeful energy about him. He explained how he knows what it's like to give, to give love and to be in love and to give everything. And now, you know, he's at a place where he wants to do it again. And and I love, I love that he said it's it's a gift to be able to be in love twice. And I loved that, you know, Katie brought up such a big point. And I thought it was great that Katie felt like she could even say this. But she was talking about how as you know, being someone in her position, it'd be easy to think about. Or some people may, might say or be intimidated by the forever love that he's going to always have for his wife who passed away. But Katie made it clear that it's something that she loves and she respects and she would never feel insecure by. And I just loved that she even said that. And I feel like in that moment, you don't want to make it about you because this is such a traumatic thing, but like you have to recognize the space that you're in and the reality of it. And she, she said it in such a great way because I'm sure on his end too, that is a big insecurity with dating or whatever is not wanting that person like not wanting them to feel weird or just not being able to understand it and not expecting people to understand it but just hoping people will understand it uh it was beautiful and he just kept saying the right things and i here's the difference is that thomas is saying quote unquote the right things at the right time in the right way but it's not coming from a, it doesn't feel like it's coming from a place of wisdom or being genuine it just feels like something he's rehearsed but but with Michael he just says these things and I feel like he's saying them because he genuinely believes them and he wants her to hear them and he he expressed that it's his job to make sure that she feels like the relationship that they have is secure and like that they can create something that's unique in their own way and he doesn't doubt that they can do that and I love that because I always say like, because I, I, I believe you can love more than once in your life. Absolutely. And I always think that you can have the same love, but just never the same love twice. And that's exactly what he's saying. It's like, you know, no two loves are the same, but that's not a bad thing. Like, you get to make your own, you know, beautiful, different, unique love based off of you two. And I just, it was, it was such a beautiful moment. And again, another reason why... I feel like reality TV can be so important because there could be someone else out there who's going through this but and knows that they need to, you know, start focusing on them again and maybe dating again, but it's hard and not knowing how to navigate it and here's my goal just doing it doing it like a true champ. And Katie was so moved by it, but she was also just saying that they went to a whole other level together and that's like what I'm talking about is like this stuff with Thomas's stuff with these other people it's like you you can only like connect so much until like you connect on something like this in a real real way and she she was just so emotional and overwhelmed because she was overwhelmed by sadness for him but then the happiness from what their love could be which I love to hear when she gave him the rose, she made it so clear that like it's so it means so much more because she's also giving it to James, which is his son. And I think he died a little bit inside, and I died a little bit inside. And I just love them. I've loved, I loved these two. I feel like since the beginning, 
And I really think this could be something big. She was saying he's someone that she could love and she really believes that if they walked away from this together, it would be a true kind of love that would last forever and she might be falling in love with him and it's so unexpected. And it just reminds me of Tasha too because here, and this is why I love these bachelorettes and I love these seasons where the bachelorettes aren't the cookie cutter or they're just so open because Michael would have gone home night one on any other season. And I feel like so many people in the first few episodes just didn't get it with Michael. They just thought he was maybe a little awkward, a little weird. And like they didn't get it. And and I get that because I even, it's, I got those vibes too, of course. I found them very endearing, but you just, you never think that that's going to be the person. But the second you get to know them, you fall in love with them. I think at least I want to know how you guys feel. Did that just like make you completely change your mind about Michael? If you weren't a fan before, I want to know so bad. I wonder if it's just me because I, I was Michael's number one fan on night one. But it just reminds me of, you know, Tasha and Zach because in the beginning, people thought Zach was so weird. People did not get it. But like, Tasha does not care if people get it. She's It's her life here. She's, she's really trying to find someone. And I feel like Katie's that same way. And that was really just like the peak of this episode. And of course, we got to, you know, round out the episode with the drama, you know, just like any other, <laughs> any other season, any other episode. But Hunter, which have I said yet this, this recap, how much I liked Hunter based after this episode. So Hunter sits down with Thomas and he's pretty much telling him that, you know, what everyone's saying, that his integrity is being questioned, that he kind of has this I don't give a fuck attitude but it's gonna backfire on him and Thomas just doesn't care and Hunter I love him he's just like it's not my business if you're falling in love you're falling in love whatever but he's just he's just warning him which I thought was nice he wasn't coming at it in like a threatening kind of way and I don't even think that they were necessarily friends he was just like trying to give this guy a shot just to just to have a little insight of 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 where everyone else was standing, just to give the temperature of the, of the house. And of course, Aaron's literally talking about it to everyone, calling him, calling Thomas a sociopath, a manipulative psychopath. These are like very, very big things. And I just feel like it's so easy for him to come up with these descriptors because he kind of did the same thing with Cody. But maybe he really does. Maybe these are just two crazy psychopathic people in one house. Could be. I wouldn't put it past ABC. But everyone in the house is talking about it. And Hunter pretty much says he's done. He's done being kind. And he's going to call him out. Which I was like, oh, I'm so excited to see this side of Hunter. Because he seems like such a nice guy. So let's see the edge. Let's see the edge of Hunter. And he called him out in front of all the guys. He said, you know, everyone feels like he's flip-flopping. He's on a campaign, like he wants to be The Bachelor. And so he straight up asked him, is that something that he's thought about? Has he thought about being Bachelor? And he even said, which I thought was so poignant, he said, I feel like you know how to have conversations with people and I feel manipulated because that's exactly what I'm picking up on. He avoided the question yet again. And the guys just keep pushing back because he's not answering. So he says something like, I'm not going to be disingenuous. Yes, coming into this, was that was one of my thoughts. All my mind was potentially being the next Bachelor. <laughs> and Trey said that was insane to hear. And I agree. I think it's insane to hear because we have never heard this. We all know it. We all think it. But to hear this man 
flat out say it. And that's kind of like where the episode ends. But here's the thing. I would say that half of the guys in that room had the same thought, if not all of them. And I think this is not 2005 anymore. This is not 2010 anymore. We, everyone is well aware of the benefits of going on any reality show. It's not just The Bachelor. Of going on any reality show, what can come out of it? It's not, it's not a secret. So that's why I've never, when they're like, he's not here for the right reasons. I'm like, and you are? I don't know. Like, unless you have zero social media, it's kind of hard for me to think that. I do believe that people are genuine about wanting to find love and they want to go on The Bachelor to see if, like, that's going to work for them or to see if that's, like, you know, just to, like, have an experience and and live life. Like, you get this crazy opportunity. Why wouldn't you? Like, I believe that people go on to it and I believe that people aren't always going on for the person. They don't even know who The Bachelorette's going to be half the time. So I think I appreciate, like, what Thomas was trying to do. And I think it's commendable, the fact that he was saying what everyone in that room would never say. And he said it. And he said it with his chest up. Eye contact. He was he was confident, which, in a way, I think... He is so confident that he thinks he can get away with it versus just being like a real human being. I almost think it was like a tactic of his to like take that approach. So I don't know how I feel about that. But I don't, (laughs) there's no one, like everyone's well aware. And if you're going to act like you're not well aware of it, then that's not the most genuine thing to do either. And I can guarantee, like I said, most of the guys there have thought about what if they become the next Bachelor, which I don't think is necessarily the worst thought to have. You literally, you're going on to a show, you know how it works, you know that, like, there's there's two scenarios, two best case scenarios that can come out of this. You find the love of your life, who's the Bachelorette, or you get a chance to find the love of your life as being the Bachelor. Now, if Thomas was more genuine as a person, I would admire this a lot more. I don't necessarily like him. I don't think that this is going to work out for him. But as you can tell, Katie was really unaffected by that part of it all, about the part of him coming on. So far, at least, it seems like, because she knows. She's not oblivious to all of this. She knows what happened for her. Like, I like when people can own up to stuff like that. I just don't think he's a very likable person in general or a very genuine person so if you're not a genuine person and you come up saying something crazy it's probably not going to come off all that right because if you think about it if every single person who was in that room who was on this season if they came out and did what you know what Thomas did and said hey you know I'm really aware of what can come out of this, which is a perk, of course, but I am still here to find love, and I am really serious about that, and I and I am still here to try and find love, but I'm also well aware of what can, the benefits of being on this show. If every single one of the guys said that exact thing, I don't know, just like the more genuine guys that are in the house, it wouldn't, it would come, it would be commendable. People would love it. And because you trust that they're genuine people, so when they're saying that, 
they're, you trust that they're being honest because they want to be honest and real and genuine. And then you would probably even trust them even more because they said something like that, something that no one would ever want to say. But because Thomas just has some sort of weird vibe with him, that he's just not a very trustworthy or genuine person from what we can tell that, you know, the vibe that everyone's getting, that's why he's getting all this hate. And here's my other point. There's no way the guys can't get mad at him. It's a setup because if if the if Thomas said this big thing and they didn't react, it would make them all look like they were there they felt the same way. They would pretty much be saying, "Okay, there's nothing wrong with that." And it would kind of make them all look like they too feel the same way. So it's not a bad thing to say. So that's why they all needed to freak out and just be so upset about it. You know what I mean? Do you guys know what I mean? I think they're also freaking out because they do just feel like even if he never said that, he was still a manipulative person and still would have possibly hurt Katie. But I think that they had to freak out over that because or else it would make them look bad too. So they had to look like they they had to separate them. They had to distance themselves so far from the idea of that. They had to make it seem like that is so far out of their minds. That is just the craziest thing ever that they had to freak out about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see you guys. I see you guys. And it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Is this the first time that this has ever happened? Well, Thomas, no matter what, you'll be remembered as the person who was here for the wrong reasons. <laughs> so I'm just trying to be aware of like the perspectives that we're getting and what parts of the story we're being told through and like what the framing is of this. But altogether, I'm 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 excited to see what happens and here's the thing, I don't think she's going to send him home. I don't think she is because she wants to figure this out on her own and I think that might make the guys mad. I could see that happening. Or goes, I'm interested to see how far he stays. I could see him stand pretty long but he could also get sent home because I think the way he dodged those questions she asked just wasn't sitting right with her but next week we finally get Blake yes I'm so excited I'm so excited I'm just excited to see them together and to see how it works how they're together because I just think it's a match made in heaven but also I could be completely wrong. I've never seen these two interact. So I'm so excited. I'm so excited for next week. All right, you guys, I got to wrap this up. I got to turn my AC on. I am, I am sweating. It is so hot here in Washington. I don't know where you guys are. If you're in Washington, it's about to get even hotter these next few days. So enjoy the sun. Get outside. I hope you enjoyed this recap episode. And stay tuned for the advice episode coming on Friday and then another recap episode next Wednesday. All right, this has been fun, you guys. I will talk to you later. Bye.